all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. Welcome back to Sack Kings in the North Podcast. This is going to be the last episode recorded this calendar year live from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. The next two episodes to close out 2018 will be from Sacramento, California, the city of trees. Um, we will be sorry, f- not city of trees, formed a fort capital. The city of trees. Uh, we'll be fortunate enough to go to a couple of games. Um, we'll get to that a little bit more on next week's preview. Um, this was a great week of Kings basketball. Real busy week. Very busy week. Kings won three of four. Really should have won four of four, if you ask us here at Sack Kings of the North podcast. Um, the only loss, obviously, coming to the hated Golden State Warriors, the uh, in-division rivals. So, without further ado, we will get right into it. This game was on Monday the 10th against the struggling, maybe a little more than struggling, Chicago Bulls. Yeah, that was a an interesting game. I mean, we were really close basically through, what, this half? And then after the half, really pulled away with a huge, really closed the game. Um, coming right off the tail of the Chicago Bulls losing in a back-to-back, or winning against the Thunder, but then losing historically to the, the Celtics, and then refusing to practice the next day. Yeah, this was a 56-point loss. You probably heard of it because it was the talk of the town around the association. Mm. Um, for this one, this was, like you said, this was really the tale of two halves. It, it, the Kings were very flat in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, not, a, not a hot start. Only scored 26 points in the first and an abysmal 19 points for your Sacramento Kings in the second quarter. Uh, we really picked it up, like you said, ran away with it. Um, by the end of the game, we had five players in double figures, led by Swipe of the Fox, De'Aaron Fox's 25, six assists, and four boards. Monster game from Willie, um, on the glass, 16 rebounds to go along with his 11 points. That's the game, uh... I think that's a perfect Willie Cauley-Stein game, yeah, in which, my opinion. Which we, we'll see later in the week really kept other teams in it and came back to hurt us against the Warriors. Yeah. Um, well, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's always promising to see guys uh, that should be elite rebounders like Willie do what they should be able to do and put up 15-plus rebounds a night. Um that's definitely something I'd like to see night in, night out, especially if we're looking at giving him a long-term contract this summer with his restricted free agency coming up. Well, let's uh, let's dive deeper into this game. Um, so, as everybody was watching, knows, Wendell Carter Jr., Marvin Bagley III, 
to uh, high draft picks in this last draft. Part of this wonderful rookie class. Really a, a stacked front court class between those two, Jaron Jackson, DeAndre Ayton, and the plethora of others, including Mo Bomb. So, uh, yeah, but comparing the two, Bagley really outplayed uh, Wendell with twice as many points and, you know, not as great on the glass, but still really much more productive on offense. Um, in general, the defense of the Kings held the, the, the Bulls just in the whole second half. Yeah, um, a, a great, I think a great third quarter defensively. The This is a pretty interesting game, top to bottom, because if you go quarter by quarter, the Bulls' score decreased each quarter. And, I mean, that's something that if you know rarely if ever happens in an NBA game. So maybe their coach does have a point that they're not really fit enough. Yeah, or the Kings just came out and hammered them in the in the third outscoring took uh, all the air out of the, the arena. Yeah, out, outscoring uh the Bulls 36 to 18 in the third quarter alone. Um just cuz I love them so much. Good good game from Bogey. 30 minutes, 16 points, 5 sorry, 6 rebounds. Don't want to short him that one board. And three assists. A couple of nice behind-the-back passes uh, from Bogdan, which is always fun to see. On the other side of the ball, uh, according to Sir Charles Barkley, the only player worth his weight in gold on this team, Laurie Markkinen, um, was one of two players on the Bulls in double figures. They were led by Zach Levine with 19 points, and Laurie Markkinen came in with 13. Other than that... We shut everybody down. This was one of the last games we'll probably see Jabari Parker with a lot of minutes this I, season. I heard recently that he's going to be traded, and they're working on finding him a, a new home. Okay, so what do I but know? With that contract, um, I, I highly doubt a lot of teams will be able to bite. Let me add, uh, let me rephrase that. This will be the last one of the last games we'll see Jabari Parker with a big role with the Bulls. How about we can... We can say that. In in that beautiful red. Yeah. Um, Here, here's a little question for you. How do you feel about Zach Levine? Um, you know, we'll be always linked to him after offering the, him the contract that the Bulls ultimately matched. Uh, I, I actually think he shows a lot of upside, even though agree. having the, the multiple knee problems that he's had. No, I, I agree. I think he would be... There aren't actually, if you think about it, there aren't too many players that would fit well with the Kings and really kind of, you know, almost be neutral. But I think, I think that like in the sense of, in, in the win loss column, I mean, not like mm-hmm. scoring. I think Zach Levine, if added to the Kings, would it would kind of be a wash. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I look at him and kind of think if Shumpert didn't play as much defense, that's what you would have. Yeah, like my, my thought process was if you take away someone on the Kings, you're going to, I mean, obviously you're going to mess up the balance of whatever's happening in the locker room. But either way, you're going to either add talent or, or subtract it. I think Zach Levine is one of those players where, you know, shoots the ball pretty well, shooting the ball pretty well this season. Mm-hmm. Obviously... The knee problems aren't affecting the uh, ability to have some immaculate in-game 
dunks. Yeah, still super athletic. Yeah, I think, I don't know, this would be one of those players where you add him to the Kings and it, you know, might do nothing. So I'm kind of glad we didn't overpay for him. That's yeah. that's my thought. Yeah, definitely. That is uh, all we really got for the Bulls game. Good win on the road. Um, Wednesday's game, 12-12, December 12th against Minnesota, a high-scoring affair, another 140-plus point affair. Second time for us this season, and currently we own two of the nine times that has happened in regulation without the game going into overtime. So obviously the uh, pace and space is doing something for the win column. This was one of those games um, that seems to favor the Sacramento Kings. Um, one of those one of those games where we'll give up 130 points, that's fine, because we'll score 140. They say uh, defense wins championships, but I'm not really sure uh, you know, if that's correct anymore with uh, this these modern rule changes. I think uh, we want to see... Ball going hoop. We want to see 140 points, and the Kings seem to deliver. Yeah, and um, another interesting flip side of this is that two of the 140-point games have actually come against the Timberwolves, which is very interesting and kind of surprising from a Thibodeau coach team, which uh, historically have been very defensively sound, mm-hmm. or at least have somewhat of a focus on defense. So, um, yeah, let's, let's chalk that one up to pace and space. But overall, a good win. Uh, how many guys did we have in double figures? Uh, we had seven players in double figures. Uh, three guys over 20 points. Yeah, and who uh, came in as the front runner of this game? Number 88, Nemanja Bielitsa. 25 points in 29 minutes. So, phenomenal. Uh, the combination of the Serbian sniper, Bahamian Bombardier, each... Uh, Came in with 20 points. Yogi Ferrell. This was um, this was Yogi's coming out party. Yeah, it's kind of one of his first games back in the the, the rotation after sitting out a while. Yeah, um, De'Aaron wasn't really hitting. Only had 13 points. Was in foul trouble a little bit in the second, second uh, quarter. And so what does Yogi come in and do in the second and the third? Uh, only 17 points in 16 minutes. So this this was uh, you guys. I'm I'm gonna say it. This was a game, and and the great um, Jerry Reynolds pointed this out in the post game. This was a game won for us by the off season moves of one Vladi. Mm-hmm. Um, so be that as it may. Maybe the Vlad father knows what he's doing. Yeah, we don't know. Dude's still psychotic. So, the jury's still out on that. Um, not not a uh, heavy dosage of Justin Jackson, which is something we, we're going to see in the next two games. Yeah, so the difference, I, I think, between uh, this game and the last time we saw the T-Wolves was uh, the... Stat sheet of one Carl Anthony Towns. He dropped 40 on us. And I obviously, if he would have dropped another 40-point game, we would have lost. We kept him in check, you know, all things relative. 19 points, 11 boards. Huge game out of Andrew Wiggins, but that was all a first-half effort. Couldn't really get it done down the stretch. 
Um, one of the biggest stats I noticed was that we shot, I mean, I think 15 more threes and hit that Sacramento Kings record, Correct. 19 threes, yeah. which was 10 more than they had made the whole game. Not quite the difference, but a, a very large contributing factor. Mm-hmm. We can add uh, this game to the ever-growing uh, list of uh, games won after leading through three. Mm-hmm. We were up three going into the fourth quarter, extended that lead to eventually win by 11. Uh, something that's wonderful to see. Yeah, and let's hope that this performance continues through Monday when we do see the Timberwolves again in Minnesota, as well as the last time we see them in March. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you want to move on to the the real tragic game that was Friday's matchup with the Warriors? Well, not really, but sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it started off, it was close, basically through three quarters, back and forth. The Kings made a big fourth quarter surge, took a nice lead coming down the stretch, which ultimately did not fall in our favor, as in the last four minutes, we only managed to score four points. And you're not going to win many games doing that, no matter the lead and no matter the team, especially with a high-powered offense like the Warriors have. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough one to watch, tough one to stomach, but we get another chance at them here in January. Let's uh, take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, f- for uh, on the Golden State front, this was really the uh, the big three of Durant, Curry, and Thompson mm-hmm. without too much help from anyone else. Yeah, it, it's it's been really interesting that the rest of that team doesn't contribute at all. Even like guys who we thought would be pretty good, like Yurebko. Um, it's it's interesting to see this team kind of I don't I don't know if they're built differently than previous years, but they're I mean they're obviously built differently, but they they're just not as productive as they they have been. Yeah. In recent um, memory. Speaking of production, I think I mean I'm not gonna chalk this up to any one player at all. I think what was kind of disappointing was we gave Yogi minutes. We gave him 15, 16 minutes in the previous game. We gave him 15 minutes in this game. Poor shooting night. Only came out with uh, three points in those 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So another uh, another player with a poor shooting night who it was you know out of character was Bogey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a stretch I think where he missed six straight three pointers. Um, only finished with 12 points. Did have 7 assists, though. Mm-hmm. There was a, a very co- a cold stretch for Buddy as well. Kind of when we needed it most. He yeah. finished with 27. Led the team. Correct. Yeah, we, we finished with um, with 5 players in double figures, but there was that uh, now infamous 6-possession stretch um, from about 3 minutes in the 4th till about a minute left where we went scoreless. Um, there was the, the brick of the century from, from Bogey. De'Aaron had a couple ill-advised passes that led to uh, a couple fast break. Easy point opportunities. Some points from the line for the Warriors. Um, there was the uh, Buddy Heald at the end of the game. The 
the heave in the prayer that that almost went in to tie it. Um, I mean, a lot of these mistakes are are things that you're going to see out of just basically growing pains on young teams, and we can chalk a lot of these up to inexperience. However, I think we should make sure that the the guys take this as a learning lesson and kind of use this as a, a stepping stone to being able to close out these sorts of games in the future. Yeah, one thing that, that I, I mean, we've noticed, and Doug Christie pointed it out during the broadcast, is the level of experience was um, apparent because what were the Warriors doing to get back into the game? They were going to the hoop, drawing, either drawing and kicking or drawing fouls, mm-hmm. getting open shots or getting to the line. And what were the Kings doing? Leaving their feet, you know, turning the ball over on hospital pass type situations, mm-hmm. deep threes early in the shot clock, which is all well and good when it's, you know, the second quarter against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But in a close game against Golden mm-hmm. State, you, you got to get to the line. Willie was making his free throws. Yeah. Everyone on the court could, you know, was having a decent... Night from the stripe. I think... We shot 80%, which is stellar for this this squad. Yeah. Um, we actually haven't even had to talk about free throws that much because we've, we've bought a lot better. So really, really have shown a lot of improvement. If there's one game where there's like a huge drop-off, we'll, we'll let you guys know. But, you know, we don't have to talk about it every time. We, we like to mix it up just as much as the, the next guy. So, I think for this one... What was kind of most frustrating is I thought we exercised the demons of youth in the first Warriors game, but yeah. apparently not. Yeah. So, well, a game that I wanted so desperately to win, but alas, we can't always get what we want, um, as uh, Mick Jagger loves to say. Another interesting little storyline coming out of this game was the injury to Amon Shumpert. Mm-hmm. Not a super bad one, just a little bruise of the hip, but it held him out of the game on Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks. And also the Bagley quote-unquote injury, which we'll get into in a later segment, yes. this also occurred in this game. Um, I don't remember if we've mentioned it, but why not? We we had six players in double figures. Yeah. Um, not terrible. Three players over 20, which is... Pretty, pretty good. Pretty solid. Again, we scored 125 points. Um, Doug was saying it the whole broadcast. We got to play 48 minutes. Turns out we only played 45, and mm-hmm. to my knowledge, they haven't changed the rules to shorten the game by three minutes, and we lost. So, if you want to move on uh, back to the win column in Dallas against... The generational Euro talent, Luka Doncic, that is just fine by me. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Let's get out of Warrior Land. Yeah, this game against Dallas was a really interesting one. Uh, the the way that they came out in the first quarter made it look like the Kings are going to have a tough one on their hands, and it really kept, had stretches where the Kings could have pulled away and and really just left an impact, but kept doing dumb turnovers and not not valuing possession and ending up 
having to really fight for 48 minutes just to get a win that could have been a little easier. Um, definitely a, a, an interesting performance seeing who could have been the number two overall, but ended up going number three, Luka Doncic. Really, In parentheses, five. Yeah, really uh, just light up the, the court, some great step backs. Um, he, he's a great player. There's no denying it. He's the rookie of the year by far. Yeah, he's, I haven't, he, he looks dominant. He looks like a veteran, and it's his first year. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen a rookie this dominant in a long time. Yeah, but, I actually saw, I saw a thing asking who was a more dominant rookie. It, or who's the most dominant rookie in the last decade? Uh-huh. And now I got to... Does Derrick Rose fall into that decade? Uh, because I think so. Yeah, so but I would say... very slightly. I would say Derrick... I would say... Oh, another one. Someone that went from, in my opinion, extremely overrated mm-hmm. to now extremely underrated. Mm-hmm. One Blake Griffin. Oh, a great yeah. rookie season within very the last... Thought you were going to say Terry Evans. Oh no! But also another pretty good rookie season. But none of these, I don't think, hold a hold a flame to what what Luke is doing down there in Dallas. Um, I mean, statistically, Tyree got a better year. Yeah, but he's not stacking up the wins like Luca has been. That's he true. wasn't in a playoff position for most of the year like they have been for the first quarter. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Mavs aren't going to make the playoffs. I don't think they will either. I mean, it's pretty tough to say at this point um, with. with Fourteen teams in the hunt for eight spots, but those which other... is nuts. Yeah, say that again. Fourteen teams. Yeah, in the hunt for eight spots. It's it's Wild. pretty ridiculous. I, I don't think a conference has ever been this close through Christmas. It's wild, but uh, I think Dallas is going to drop off, especially as I mean I don't even know if Luke will hit a rookie wall. He probably will. Most people do. But he has played like 100 games in the last calendar year before coming to the NBA. So um, it, it'll be interesting to follow that storyline here. So, yeah, who, uh, who led us in scoring? And uh, how, how, many, how many people do we have in double figs? Yeah, so we had uh, five in double figures. We uh, spread the ball around pretty well. We were led. There was a tie at the top. Between our wonderful backcourt, De'Aaron and Buddy each had 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bogey, after a hot start of 3-for-3, three three, kind of was here and there. Mm-hmm. Not he, not the greatest shooting performance the past couple days, but we all know um, he's about to come out and light it up this next week. Yeah, He had 15. Nemanja added a big 15. That was, that was a good... Uh, Nemanja had some really timely buckets. Yeah. The three there towards the end that really... Kind of paved the way to, to the finish. Um, uh, got some minutes out of Troy Williams. No points, but a couple solid rebounds and a couple uh, key blocks. Yeah, he had, he had a nice little hockey assist to a foul. Yep. The ball didn't end up actually going in. He made kind of a weird pass, trying to give it to Yogi Ferrell under the hoop when Willie was on the other side and could have yammed all over Dirk. But uh, it, was a, it was a team performance for sure. Um, yeah, on the Maverick side of the ball, um, Luca, like we said, went off. I thought he was going to get his career high, which the career high is 31. He only ended up at 28, mm-hmm. but he was on pace to do it. Yeah, some good defense in the last two minutes from the Kings to really... De'Aaron Fox shut him down 
basically the whole second half. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only times I remember Luca getting some big scores are either crazy step backs, and a lot of the times when he was matched up with Nemanja, mm-hmm. um, that, that was a bit of a mismatch that they yeah they, they he got he got for. Willie on skates a little bit yeah so it that that was a, an interesting performance from him big uh big shout out to the wily vet Dirk Nowitzki yeah they showed the tribute film to him at one of the first stoppages of the game um, only three points in eight minutes I don't know if his uh, that that. Those old knees can handle much more. I think this was only Dirk's second game. Second game back from... Uh, what, what was the injury? A foot or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... It's always fun to see him. Huge shout-out to Dirk and uh, Like Mike. Yeah. When he's trying to get Calvin Cambridge's autograph. Mm-hmm. And for his quote-unquote niece. And Lil Bow Wow's just like... What's your... What's what's your name? And... Uh... Dirk? <laughs> Yeah. Literally, I went wild for that. A lot of great cameos in that movie. Obviously, C. Webb and uh, gonna miss him when he when he's gone. And, and and George McFly as well. Great, <laughs> great, great player. Great movie. Great, great movie too. <laughs> really love that one. So after going three and one in this uh, second week into December, your Sacramento Kings finish the week. Let me repeat: we finish the week. Seventh in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, it's quite the accomplishment. Seventh in the West. I don't think I can remember the last time that we've been seventh in the West this late in the season. Probably around 05. Yeah, two thousand five, two thousand six. So uh, congratulations, Kings. Let's uh, keep getting this bread. Right. Okay. Next week's preview. What do we got? Monday. Monday, we see the Timberwolves in Minnesota, mm. home of Prince. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot to say about this one. We just played them. We kind of know what we're going to expect out of them. Uh, look for big games for Carl Anthony. Yeah, I- I'm going to go with, if we limit him to under, I'm going to say 25 points. Yeah. If we limit him to under 25 points and Wiggins under 20, which has been the only two players that have really torched us. I mean, I, I think we should be weary of Covington. He yeah. had a pretty off night the last time we played. That is true. And so, we did not see him in the first matchup. Yeah, so that that's... And, so and maybe Sarich. No. But aside from those no. those ones, there's really nobody else on that team. No, I know what you mean. Sarich, Sarich is... Uh... Sarich is a great player, but he only plays well with a good facilitator, mm-hmm. as he's had with Ben Simmons. And there's not a good facilitator on that team. I mean, their, their backup point card's Tyus Jones. Forgot about the... Uh... The other baller on that team you got to look out for, D Rose. Oh yeah, Derrick Rose off the bench. He Another. didn't. Yeah, we were lucky. He he didn't. He when he had the ball, he made plays. Yeah, and they just, just wouldn't go to him. Yeah, and they just they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even go to him on the court. I mean, he, he couldn't get off the bench. Yeah, in the so fourth quarter. So that's Minnesota. We got Wednesday versus the OKC Thunder. This is a game that both of us will be at. Yeah, if you are there, stop by sections one hundred eight. And find me. Uh, if you're not there, then don't. Yeah. So uh, OKC, a team. You know, we've all, we've had success against this season. My uh, big matchup is always the uh, Stephen Adams versus the uh, kitchen sink. Yeah. And let's see if Shumpert can continue his stretch of great play. Great. Versus the Thunder. I think. Uh, I think we'll see a 
pretty good game out of uh, Bogey. I yeah. think he's gonna have to. He's, it's gonna be tough with. Uh, I think we're gonna playoff P. Yeah, I think we're gonna need big games out of our backcourt. I think Jaren. that matchup of Bogey playoff P will be the deciding mm-hmm. factor. So, um, and yeah. then I mean, I, if you've been following the Thunder at all recent weeks, Russell and playoff P, regular season P, and Stephen Adams have really started linking up well. And they're they're getting it going, so it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, kind of a similar storyline to the last time that we saw them when they had won nine out of the last ten. So uh, let's crush some more hearts. Yeah, and now percentage wise, which is always not a good indicator of anything, um, playoff P has moved up into I believe the top eight Mm -hmm. of I don't I think this was fan. So that who knows what that ever means? Yeah, fan MVP vote. Oh. Playoff P, top That's eight. Weird. Saw that the other day. Friday, Memphis Grizzlies. We have split the series so far this year. Um, each team has won at home. Yep. So we're at home. Who knows what that's ever going to mean. We're not that great at home. We're not terrible either. Just like uh, we're, we've got a great road record, which is yeah, pretty I good. Yeah, I mean, we're not bad at home. We've, we've won the games that we're supposed to win at home. And we've been in the games... Sometimes that we weren't supposed to be in. So, it's promising. Yeah. I think for this one, the the fate of the game really hangs on the balance from a Grizzlies standpoint. On uh, the performance of Mike Conley and Mark Gasol. Yeah, as you guys, if you may remember, recall all the way back to, what, the second or third game of the season. Mm-hmm. We had the Grizzlies at home. Mark Gasol gets injured in the last five or eight minutes of the fourth. And the game really swung in the Kings' favor. Um, they really rely on those two a lot. And, I mean, they're starting to, to rely a little more on Jaron Jackson. Junior? But uh, definitely an interesting team all around. Very defensive-minded. Um, it's probably the slowest team in the league. They employ a man named Slow-Mo. So, <laughs> uh, obviously, very slow. Uh, currently, they are... A spot ahead of us in the Western Conference standings. Right now they're sitting at 6th. Who knows where we'll be on uh, on next Friday. But hopefully we get the win. Leapfrog some, uh, some other lower playoff seeds. Then on to the 4th game in the week. Another week of... Uh, another busy week of 4 games. Which is perfect for my fantasy basketball team. Because I got bogey and buddy. And that's Two a, huge producers. And, I, and I'm loving it. So, we're playing the New Orleans Pelicans. This was... Uh, we matched up with them early in the year. We got absolutely spanked. Yeah, and they really cooled off since then. Agreed. I was expecting them at, at the first week of the season to, by now, have 20, 22 wins. They're a game under 500 at 15 and 16. They're currently 12th. But they're only, what, a, two games back? Two and a mm-hmm. half games back of eighth. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make that push. They're a good team. They're, they're a team that's in, uh, they're always in the, the trade rumor uh, category. Uh, yeah, especially with trying to convince Anthony Davis Do of anything staying. possible to keep Anthony Davis yeah. from going to L.A. Um, something to look at was... When the season did start, Anthony Davis emerged as an early front runner 
for top for MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, as the season's progressed, using the, the stats on basketball reference, their great NBA MVP tracker. The best. Basketball reference is the top notch. Um, currently, they have Anthony Davis at a 10% chance of winning just ahead of LeBron James. Um, behind Kevin Durant and Giannis. And and this uh, this is more official than a fan vote, but they got playoff P at 9. So the fans aren't that off. Above Russell Westbrook. Which is um, fine. Which is great. That's 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 great. Russell Westbrook, the overrated. overrated. So that's New Orleans. And that's the week. Now on to everybody's favorite segment. We got four installments. What city? What song? Uh, we're going to kick it off with... For it feels like the thousandth time, Minnesota, you yeah, want to go? Yeah, seriously. For Minnesota, you know, a lot of people would think Prince. Well... But we've already picked that. We've already done it. And we've done We like Bob variety. Dylan. We like... Yeah, we like Bob Dylan. We like variety, we, too. We can't repeat. So, I'm going to go with Eight Miles High by Husker Du. Because that's <laughs> what it seems like when De'Aaron shoots those floaters. Somehow they go touch the sky, give the clouds a little kiss, mm. and drop in the bucket. All right, I'm tired of Minnesota, so I'm picking uh, World's Most Dangerous Polka Band. So, take that however you want. Minnesota, come up with better music. You suck. <laughs> uh, OKC. Yeah, Oklahoma City, uh, an interesting place. You know, hopefully this doesn't happen, but I went with Thunderstruck. Which because... is an awful Kevin Durant straight... Oh, Awful. Straight to DVD movie. Yeah, he gets swapped with some kid. It's like Space Jam and Freaky Friday. I mean, Like Mike. Yeah, sorry. It's like 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 Mike. Good call. That's what I actually meant. It's like Like Mike and Freaky Friday, but those are two great movies, and this one blows. It's awful. It is bad. Yeah, the snake can't act. Yeah, not a good one. So who are you picking? Uh, I went with Thunderstruck by ACDC. Oh, classic. Yeah, you know. I got that Angus Young poster in the room. Um, Oklahoma City. I'm picking Hanson, the uh, everyone's favorite trio of underage blonde boys. Everybody's favorite one-hit wonder. And what's the song? Love. No, just kidding. Mbop. Um, of course. The only one that anyone ever knows. Words that um, you know aren't words make great song titles. Yeah, doo-wop. All those great ones. Moving on to Memphis. I went with a, a nice classic Johnny Cash, oh, good Ring one. of Fire. Good one, good one. Because recently, that basketball hoop looks like the NBA Jam Ring of Fire oh, that, that is when one. the guy's catching fire. Perfect. So, it, it's really timely. Alright, that is exactly what we want to hear. That, uh, that was a good one. Memphis. I picked, uh, so Memphis is in Tennessee. I'm picking a song by Alabama, Dixieland Delight, because the song's set... In Tennessee. So for Memphis, uh, Dixieland Delight. Gotta start calling you Stretch Armstrong over here. Yeah, that was a stretch. Except for the fact that the song's very near and dear to my heart. This is, growing up, my dad had the Alabama Greatest Hits uh, cassette tape. And we'd listen to this one all the time. Wonderful song. Memphis, Tennessee, Dixieland Delight, Alabama, you're up. So finally for New Orleans... I went with an all-time American classic, What a Wonderful World, Louis Armstrong. Mm. This song is 
exactly what it feels like for Kings fans when we're in playoff hunt, when we're in that seven seed. Mm. It's a wonderful world out there. That is a good one. It is, isn't it? Um, New Orleans, rock you like a hurricane. Obviously the classic uh, by Scorpions. Um, pretty self-explanatory. Not it's been gonna, 14 years. Not Yeah, it's not too soon. We're not going to get into it. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, if the Kings come out, hot start, we'll, uh, we will. We'll rock them like a hurricane. Again, and if they don't, we'll end up being rocked like a hurricane like last time. So either way, it works. So that's it. Until next week when we have a whole new set of cities and a whole new set of songs for you guys. And up next... Everybody's favorite new segment, Kings Against Humanity. This is obviously where we uh, ask each other some uh, questions, Cards Against Humanity style, and answer them with uh, something relevant to your favorite NBA franchise. All right, go ahead. So, up first, we got new at TGI Fridays. It's what you've been waiting for. The blank burger. Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm going with the belly burger. All right, hear me out. This is a uh, turkey burger. Shout out to Fenerbahce. This is going to have a Serbian goat's milk cheese. And this is going to be on a locally sourced Northern California farm-to-fork brioche bun. And it's the belly burger. Might as well be sliders for all those threes he's hitting. Ooh, Everything one. comes in threes. Perfect. My turn. Oh no, here it comes. Oh, God. It's blank. The patented bald spot. Half a combo. <laughs> a good... A uh, good... Kosakufis shout-out is always welcome. I mean, as long as you can see it, you're not stopping it. So, that's uh, that's it. Uh, my next one. One, two, three into the full. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is blank. Is sitting on the floor. The, uh... The... Duo of Dr. Dre and Snoop DLWG, we would love to have you come sit courtside, be our guests, be Vivek's guests, sit courtside, uh, show us some love up here in Sacramento. I'm pretty sure they're known Laker fans. Yeah, so we know. We got to kick them out, but you know if they're willing to, to change affiliations, open arms. My turn. Ain't it nifty? Barb and Bob hit 50. Get off your ass, raise your glass, to 50 years blank. 50 years without a title. Damn, that one hurt. Obviously, we got it's too the, close uh, to home. We got the, the title in the uh, 50s in as part of the uh, Rochester Royals franchise. That was 1951. Nothing sense. Does that even really count? I don't know. There was too many white people in the league then, so no. Yeah, too many painters. Anyway... <laughs> Finally, another one close to our heart, close to our house, close to the roommates. What's up, YouTube? User Dan the Man wanted to see blank. So here we go. Um, Alright, Dan the Man, obviously we're referencing Dirty Dan here. Dan the Man's actually his Instagram handle, so throw him a Used to be, no oh, longer. Oh, so he changed it? Shows Chelsea much, changed it. Oh, shows how much I know. Okay, so Dan the Man, what's he want to see? Um, well... Okay, he, he'll, he'll want to see... Oh, I know what he'll want to see. He'll want to see Stephen Adams' nude ESPN body mag shoots. 
Oh, yeah. Dan Definitely. the Man. Yeah, he's a Kiwi, Stephen Adams, of the same uh, nationality. And so, Dan loves a good chiseled uh, male physique. So, that's what he's looking for on YouTube. And finally, my last question. It's the 21st century. Women shouldn't have to apologize for blank. For buddy love. Buddy love! Anyway, that'll conclude Kings Against Humanity. We'll see you next week for another edition. Up next, everybody's favorite segment, Kingspiracy Corner. This is uh, where we come up with a uh, conspiracy theory around the league or, you know, within the organization. Uh, We've previously had conspiracies about the Warriors' Stephen Curry. We've had conspiracies about the, uh, the NBA jersey. And this week's conspiracy, Marvin Bagley III, the number two pick in the draft, is not actually hurt. Two reasons. One, we are 3-0 without him. So this is a little experiment. Vladi is uh, showing his assistant GM. He really knows what he's doing. Second reason, Marvin Bagley III is uh, out for the game against, or was out for the game against the uh, greatest rookie of our uh, young season, Luka Doncic, who put up 28 points. The conspiracy here is, considering uh, Marvin has not played versus the premier rookie talent, was sitting out against the Suns, and obviously Willie came in clutch, you know, putting uh, DeAndre Ayton in his place. But the conspiracy here is, Marvin Bagley isn't actually injured because Vladi knew Luka was going to put up 20, 30 points and he didn't want Marvin to put up like 6 or 8. And he didn't want all the boo birds coming in and all the tweets and all the analysis. So he's out for 10 days with a knee. But he's actually not. He's completely fine. You know, on this one, I'm going to have to disagree. If you were to cite this during the Aiton matchup, I would have agreed because it was a one-game back spasms. But he looked pretty injured on, on, uh, what was that, Friday. Couldn't really carry his own body weight to the locker room. So maybe you have something. It was good acting, I'll I'll put. Let's let's hope for a speedy recovery from this non-existent injury. And... That is this week's Kingspiracy Corner Entry. So Dirty Dan has already uh, skipped town, therefore no hot take this week. But uh, I'll leave you guys with this. A Big Baller Ben hot take. Kings have eight more games in 2018, the calendar year. I am saying we're going to go five and three. Yeah, uh, I, I my hot take is that we will definitely, 100%, go to Vegas, put that money on it, let it ride, be over 500 by January 1st. Doesn't that sound like a spectacular way to ring in the new year? And that's the holiday gift I've been waiting for. Haven't we all? And to Dan, have fun in Thailand. That's all for now. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Good day, lads.